Hello, and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm Len Foote. Welcome to the program, and happy holidays to all our listeners out there, including those in Nepal and the Netherlands. Thank you for your support of Jag Bags this year. We're so happy you tune in every week. Uh, this week, we'll talk all our favorite holiday songs, movies, television shows, and traditions. We'll discuss uh, which are um, still hold up, which uh, movies and songs maybe it might be time to put out to pasture. And um, we'll also talk uh, uh, updates from our past uh, podcasts, including our weekly review of a Rolling of Rolling Stones top 500 albums, college sports, football and basketball, NFL recap of the Bears and Browns, and a preview of the upcoming NBA season. It's a great action-packed podcast episode. Explosive for the holidays. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Start with the Rolling Stones top 500 list. Um, you know, the, I sent you that uh, article in the New Yorker where the guy just bemoans about the Rolling Stone top 500 list and what a futile exercise it is, even though he was one of the voters. Yep. Uh, which I enjoyed. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I think people take these lists way too seriously. Yeah, I think, I mean, they're supposed to be fun too, I think. It, don't don't take the fun out of them because the arguing about it is, is the fun part. Like what you think is your favorite, what you think shouldn't be on there. But that guy's article is so dry. And he's like, people don't listen to albums nowadays anyways. And then he says, but these contemporary artists should be in or this type of music should be in i'm like i thought nobody listens to albums anymore why do you want these in if nobody is listening to albums anymore the people that are going to care about these lists are the people that have been listening to albums their whole life i've uh, i invited him to listen to the podcast tonight i'm sure he will tune in and hopefully change his ways uh I I, just, I think he's I, I think he's excited about Northwestern's upset of Michigan State in basketball, so he'll enjoy is that. It? Who is it? <laughs> ah, we'll get to that soon enough. Mm -hmm. Oh man! So you uh, so I listened to my uh, album from the top five hundred, and, and you listened to three, three. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to? Uh, you mind or how do you want to go first okay i listened to to pimp a butterfly by kendrick lamar okay. that's an album i've listened to a couple times before i like it and rolling stone i mean that that album was just had a huge i mean it was it had a, a really big impact and super critically inclined. So I wasn't shocked that that was in the top 500. But for me personally, I, I like it, but I feel like it could have been, I think there's like 16 songs on there, but I think the first half of the album is better than the second half. I feel like they could have cut a couple songs. 
they could have tightened it up a little bit. Plus, Snoop Dogg's on one of them, and we know how I feel about Snoop Dogg. So. That's, the, that's one song to eliminate. <laughs> he but, follows you everywhere, Snoop Dogg. But no, no issues with that being in there. I get it. The second one I listened to was Three Feet High and Rising by De La Soul. Ooh. Have you ever listened to that one? <laughs> Uh, I believe uh, my old roommate Kirk Pinchon had that album. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's okay, but I'm not into the whole let's have sketches and talking and all this other stuff in it. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe for its time, the way they use sampling and everything was. Uh, maybe they're one of the first ones to do it like the way they did it on the album so maybe that's why it's there but didn't do much for me I can honestly say that uh, you know he had Kirk had a ton of uh, you know hip hop and soul and R&B records and, and albums and uh, that album did not really was not on heavy rotation yeah, and they didn't, I don't think they had anything after that, did they? That had any kind of, I mean, <laughs> I kind of heard of them, but I didn't recognize any of the songs. I don't recall them having any other albums. Do you know anything about them? I don't know a thing about De La Soul other yeah. than, uh, I mean. Well, that one's kind of a mystery for me. You'd hear, you know, all the hip all the hip people at the factory talk about De La Soul and how, you know, they really are huge fans of De La Soul and uh, they, they lump it in with all other, you know, hip people that they should listen to um, like neutral milk hotel. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that one eventually. Yes, we will. I'll have to listen to that one. Oh, well, if anyone has any insight into De La Soul, please let us know. <laughs> I, I, I suspect that uh, Jan and Lars will be, uh, I think they're heads of the Dutch uh, De La Soul fan club. <laughs> Let's hope so. I'd like, to, I'd like to hear some insight. His Instagram handle is Jay Sinister, so you know that. that... <laughs> so you yep. know he's a De La Soul fan. I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> All right, what was your, uh, what was your third uh, uh, like to pimp a butterfly. This was one I'd, I'd listened to before, at least a couple times, and that's at Fillmore East, Almond Brothers. Ooh. Great, great album. Oh, yeah, and I love the Almond Brothers. So, but I wanted to listen to it one more time just because I wasn't completely familiar with the whole thing. But yeah, it's it's great, and I I've talked about this before, but it's tough to make a really great live album. But this one, and what's unique unique about the Allman Brothers, for me at least, is their super long songs don't get tedious to me. Like when they have their their 20-minute jam sessions or whatever, some of their really long songs, like In Memory of Elizabeth Reed. Yeah, yeah. They're good. They're not like just pointless, pointless noodling, I guess. Right, right. I have, a, been, I have like a, accused of that. Is what? The almonds have been accused of pointless noodling. No, I don't, I disagree. I like it. I like it. And I have like a double, uh, double CD 
Allman Brothers anthology that I always listen to. So I like I like them a lot. Yeah, my um, I I can't remember if it was my college roommate Kevin or another buddy of ours Brian. It was a had uh, the like the entire anthology it was called Dreams. Uh, I mean, it was like all things Almond Brothers, but um, great stuff. Great, great, great stuff. And uh, I love that. I love Live at Fillmore East. It's, it's awesome. You know, you, I, and I agree with you. you. You really can't put them in like, they kind of, there's songs like, you know, in memory of Elizabeth Reed, they're so long. So you, they think Mountain Jam. So you think like, like Grateful Dead type, uh, you know, lengths of songs, but for some reason, they seem to rise above the dead. I much prefer the almonds. Yeah, me too. Uh, the Grateful Dead. Um, so they. Yeah, the, the Grateful Dead. I I can listen to in four minute chunks. I can't listen to their long, you know, their twenty minute versions of things. Right. Right. Yeah, I I, I would rank the almonds ahead of the dead. Um, so please, any deadheads listening. Um, including, and you know what, I, I'd meant to uh, mention this at the very top of the uh, broadcast, a, a deadhead that uh, is a online friend to you and me, Chris Markham, who is uh, recovering tonight after uh, uh, suffering a mild heart attack. And so uh, we just want to wish Chris well, uh, take care of yourself and, and get better soon. I even said, if it means sending Heim videos to me, you well, get, he's going home today. He yeah. was going home today, so that's good news. He gets a one-week grace period where I will not. <laughs> no more, Chris. No more. <laughs> that's yeah. nice, you beef. Yeah, well, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get assaulted now. Yeah, Even worse than normal. Even yeah. worse than normal. Yep. Yeah. Just in time for the holidays. Tis the season. My reward will be in heaven. They say you have suffered so much the hands of your tormentors come through the pearly gates mike <laughs> <laughs> so what album did you listen to i listened to the album suicide by the band suicide uh this album came in at 498 and this album is awful <laughs> Oh, bad. Oh, my God. Now, I mean, I, I listened to it twice. And um, it's like it was released in 1977. And it's lumped in with like punk albums. But there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing punk about this album. It's like. <laughs> it says they're synth punk. Yeah, it's like whatever that means. <laughs> a drum machine. It's like this. Whoever the suicide is, they turned out a drum machine. So it's then you hear this, and then he like mumbles over it, and that's the whole album. Oh my god! Now, here are two things. One, I mean. <laughs> I could kind of see this music being played like in a modern, like science fiction or kind of horror sequence. Cause it is, 
very a little unsettling um and uh and I, who knows if i listen to it a hundred times i'm sure i could maybe the, a light would come on for me and i'd be like wow this album's really good um so sometimes have you ever had an album that you like you hear it for like the first time or the second time and you're like this album sucks but for whatever reason you keep hearing it and you say oh my god i'm a moron this album's great once in a while once in a while i guess yeah. uh, not too often though because i have a i have a very refined ear so that's uh, what uh, <laughs> that's what all the uh that's what all the chicago music critics say about you <laughs> check in with you first before <laughs> Greg Cott. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Greg Cott. Um, I have a very funny story about Greg Cott. Did you know that he's like a he runs a serious basketball league or used to for kids that he's no. like. A yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he. Uh, How my, old? Well, I think my son was fifth grade going into sixth grade. And we had heard about, I think it's called Between the Lines or maybe it's Outside the Lines. And uh, they're like, yeah, it's a good league. It's up, uh, remember where we used to play with Dave, our friend David Babbitt up near like Sauganash and- uh, Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh area. And that- Northside Prep. Yeah, right. there. yeah. yeah. So um, it, was, it was off the highway, like uh, near Peterson and like, um, well, maybe closer to Tui actually but near like 94. But anyway, <laughs> we get in this room and, uh, you know, it's, it's just the parents, the kids are downstairs shooting around and this guy walks up and he's like, you know, we played a win. And he's stalking around like he's Bobby Knight and uh, just talking about, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't accept anything but maximum effort, which leads to victory. We will, fight. we will. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then, I'm looking at Coach Cott, K-O-T. And then I look and it's Greg Cott. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I go look him up on this. And it's the same guy. So I, I sort of raise my hand and be like, hey, what'd you think of Pearl Jam's last album, uh, Coach? I like it because it's maximum effort. <laughs> those don't, yeah, that's, yeah. those don't go together. It's odd. A little known fun fact about Greg Cott. He thinks he Lester bangs on the bench. Yeah, he thinks he's Rick Pitino. <laughs> hey, tighten up that boxing one, kids. <laughs> oh, and by the way, listen to this entire uh, Beyonce album. It's brilliant. <laughs> James Taylor must die, children. <laughs> uh, if I catch any of you kids listening to the Eagles, you're off the team. You'll run laps to it's so it's so weird. So weird. I love it. I love it. Anyway, so that's our Rolling Stone top 500. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to college uh, football. What a tough loss for the Cats. They fought. But um, yeah, you know, it's just Ohio State. They're better. And, uh, yeah, they're well, I mean, I was I didn't see it, but I was following it on my phone. They're Ohio State's quarterback had a bad game, but they couldn't stop that running back. The running back killed you guys. Yeah, he rushed for like 330 yards. I think he set a Big Ten record. Yeah. Yeah, they 
the first half, Northwestern was winning. So, yeah. and stopping, uh, they, they held. Oh, I think it was like something like the first time since 2010 that Ohio State was held without a touchdown in the first half. Yeah. And so I mean, the effort was good. Yeah. The, what What happened? I think, and you make a great point, is that they, Ohio State. The, you know, day finally figured out like, oh, we have a running back who's awesome, and we have a line that is bigger and stronger than anyone north. Let's just give the you know, let's just uh, cut all the BS and just uh, and uh, you know, what can you do? You know, but what a great year though, because what was what were you expecting from Northwestern before the season started? Well, I was definitely not expecting a Big Ten West championship and uh, return to the big 10 championship game. So if you told me they'd finished above 500, I'd have been like, you know, that, I guess all they needed was a quarterback. Yeah. And they have a bowl game too. You saw that, right? Yeah. They'll play Auburn. They're playing Auburn. On, I think New Year's day. New Year's day. So very successful season for them. Great season. Great. But it exceeded my expectations big time. So yeah, congrats to the cats. Too bad we couldn't have gone to see some of those games. And Kevin, listen to listen to the podcast where we count down the ten best Northwestern games with Beave and Kevin Stern. That's good right. one to listen to if you haven't listened to that one yet. It is a good one. Kevin and I went to the um, the Big Ten Championship uh, two years ago down in Indianapolis, and it was. Great scene, really fun atmosphere, you know, despite the Ohio State fans walking around, uh, <laughs> they were, they were, they were well behaved, you know, leading up to the game and they weren't acting like Jags. And uh, <laughs> they have a, they have a whole section where it's like a, a fan zone kind of thing. And it's really cool. And uh, of, of course the, the restaurants and the scenes are are uh, big and bustling and uh, it's just a lot of fun um, and we when we left we we're like god I hope we can get back there and uh, they made it back there and of course you know no one's allowed to go but hopefully they can make it back again because Indy's not very far from Chicago it's not a far road trip at all nope really fun so anyway congrats to the cats and yes please listen to that top 10 greatest northwestern games it's a good one. Um, should we uh, move to NU basketball? Yeah, it was shocking, shocking uh, upset. Oh, and discuss the legend of Boo Booey. What's funny is Boo Booey is the one who blew the game against Pittsburgh, or else Northwestern would be undefeated. Right. Because Boo Booey got the ball stolen from him. And then he, uh, I don't know, he did something else at the end of the game where the Pittsburgh game, they were winning the whole time. But yesterday, whew, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> they just they they didn't just beat them, double digit defeat. Yeah, big time. I mean, they were they were up 13 at halftime and then just just held on. Just totally held serve. So maybe maybe they'll be better than expected too this year. And Bowie, you know, he uh he hit a big three in the last two minutes and and hit four. Free throws. I mean, he did not repeat his horrific 
performance. Um, and of course, Izzo, you know, Izzo is such a jag. You, you can't give credit to the Wildcats. He's like, my team just gave one of the more inept performances. <laughs> 26 years of coaching. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Why don't you just credit the Wildcats just for once in your stupid life? And then Izzo said, have you listened to the new Fiona Apple album? <laughs> uh, my good friend, Greg Cott. <laughs> really the best album of 2020. But that's great. So maybe Northwestern's basketball team will be good. What I, I've noticed from just – I've watched a couple of their games. I think they have different guys who can do stuff, you know. They have uh, Cop, mm -hmm. Nance. Nance played great. And uh, there's one other guy who's pretty good. I'm missing one guy. Uh... Don't they have another guy who's pretty decent? But, uh, you know, they're not – it's not like when – Remember when they had Scherner on their team and Scherner would try to just do everything for it? And he was a really, really good player. And they just missed making the tourney that year. One of those years with Scherner. I liked he, Scherner. He had like no help. But this team, maybe, you know, like I said, they might be better than you think. They have some balance. They've got so far um, in the, uh, this, you know, after just five games, they have, uh, five guys averaging double figures and two more guys that are like very close to it. Yeah, there you go. Very well-balanced uh, attack. So we'll see. I mean, the Big Ten's real tough. But, I mean, they beat Michigan State, so. Despite their inept performance. <laughs> so inept. <laughs> By but the, the Illini lost again yeah what what I happened mean, they lost to rutgers who's a ranked team and they're undefeated with the illini there won't be any more but the illini were ranked higher than them and the illini had a lead the whole game and then they ended up losing i think rutgers had a 12 to 1 run at the end of the game so they're making me nervous the way they're playing the illini i feel like they're not i don't know if it's the coaching it, they're just not finishing off teams and it's going to be like this all year. Cause they're not going to have a lot of easy games. So they, they gotta, they gotta figure it out. And like you said, there's not a bad team in this entire conference. Uh, every, I just looked at their, uh, at the big 10 standings, every one of their over, all teams in the Big Ten have an overall record above 500. All yeah. of them. Yeah. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams with just one loss. Six. And then and then you have Michigan and Rutgers who are both six and oh. Yeah. Um, it's uh it, that's when you if you lose a game in the Big Ten, I mean that's there's no shame in that. But they're going to have to win, and they can't. They the line. There's big. There's high hopes for them this year, and they're just not. They're underachieving right now. 
There's, I mean, they've had they've had two really good wins out of all their games, beating Duke, and then they they demolished Minnesota. But they're gonna fall out of the top twenty-five if they keep playing like this. Is uh, Missouri is Missouri ranked? They lost to Missouri. They weren't when they played the Illini, but after they beat the Illini, they got they were ranked. I mean, the one thing that Illinois can take from that is that they were right there with Rutgers. It's not like But they were they had the game though. That's the thing they blew it at the end of the game. That's the stuff that worries me. Yeah, they'll learn from it. All right. I promise. I hope <laughs> I hope you're right. They're going to play Penn. Their next game's against Penn State. They'll win that game. I hope so. And then after that, they get Indiana. Always tough. Yeah, Indiana's got one really good guy. Yeah. He he might make the pros. I forget his name, but he's uh, he, he he was really good last year, and he's he's playing all well this year too. I think that Illinois has too much talent to fall out of you know, even like the top 20, you know, so they'll lose, they lost to Rutgers. So maybe they're, they'll slide down to maybe, but that's a, that's not a bad loss. So they won't, their ranking won't go down. It's not a bad loss. It's a, it's a bad loss how they lost, but it's not, it's not like like they lost to a bad team. Correct. They didn't deliver an inept performance. (laughs) You can tell I'm still, I just hope Coach Underwood is expecting maximum effort from them. (laughs) If we allow Boo Booey to score 30 points, (laughs) obviously inept. Let's let's move on to NFL. Let's move on. Uh, uh, Well, I'll calm down. Two good wins for our. Wait, are you getting faxes from Tom Izzo right now? I hope so. I welcome his faxes. <laughs> Come at me, coach. <laughs> Please tell me your opinion on the uh, discography of the Clash. <laughs> um, yeah, our our our. Favorite teams won and uh, and are still very much in the playoff hunt. Very much in the playoff hunt. Let me ask you about Cleveland Browns. So, well, the good news is the Jets won. Yes. I thought I thought the Jets were going to win a game soon, and they got that out of their system. Right. So that's good for the Browns. It is. Because there's a difference between being winless and being like, man, we got to win one game and playing with that crazy de- desperation. Right. Which is what I think they did yesterday. That's how they beat the Rams. Oh. And now that they got one, it's not going to be the same kind of thing. And I yeah. think the Browns will win that game. But the AFC is tough. A good team in the AFC is not going to make the playoffs. Right. So because they play – who do they play after the Jets? The Steelers? Steelers. Yeah. Well, so they'll probably – they, they'll probably finish 11 and 5, which should be good enough, right? For the playoffs? If they finish 11 and 5, I think they're going to need help. They need uh, some teams to lose. Um, 
The Dolphins and the Ravens are both nine and five. So all they, all they would need is for one of those teams to lose one game, just one of them. And I don't think the, the Dolphins schedule is uh, the Dolphins schedule is uh, pretty easy. And I think the Ravens are too. The Dolphins are playing the Raiders this week. I think they'll win that game. The Dolphins are playing great. What about the Colts? Do they have the tiebreaker at the Colts, the Browns? Because the Colts play the Steelers this week. So the Colts could lose. Yeah. I think it's very – if they beat the Jets, then it's very, very likely that they will win. I think that uh, it. there are some – there's a dizzying array of um, things that, um, you know – scenarios under which the Browns would not make the playoffs if they were to lose to the Steelers, you know, which is very likely. Um, Isn't there a game Saturday, the Raiders, the Raiders play the Dolphins. Is that Saturday? Is that who they play? Yeah. So whoever loses that is out of the playoffs pretty much. Yeah. Well, the, not, the, Dolphins not, the Dolphins wouldn't be out, but it would be good for the Browns. Cause I think the Browns would be 11 and five minimum. Yeah. So if you root for the Raiders in that one. Big time. And then root for the Steelers to beat the Colts. Yeah. And then the Browns should be fine. The uh, If I was NFL commissioner, though, I'd go, listen, NFC East, you guys are all sitting out. No shit. And whoever comes in eighth in the AFC is going to be your the winner of your division. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that's – that's. I mean, the Redskins are six and eight. <laughs> The Giants, who have looked really bad, they might make the playoffs. They they have the tiebreaker with the Redskins. I, I think the Gi- I think the Giants lost to the Browns really doomed them. I no, think they could still they could still win the division. Oh, they could still win. Yeah. If they if they if the Giant, I think it, it's if the Giants and Redskins tied, Giants win. Right. Um, which is just pathetic. Yeah. What a what a pathetic division. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's with seven seventeen making it. It's usually six. Right. And the AFC is gonna get cheated out of a good team plan. And most of the AFC teams are entertaining. I mean, what a I mean, you have the Chiefs who very likely will not lose another game. They are about as shoe in uh, as it gets to win the whole thing because you gotta think. Whoever is coming out of the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl. You know, just... I'm I'm a big Chiefs fan, but I've watched all but two of their games this year, and say, it was the same thing again. I, I watched the Saints game. The Chiefs just aren't what they should be. Still, I know they won, but they beat the Saints only by three with Drew Brees having one of the worst games of his career. It's like they're not they're not dominating teams they should dominate. And the Saints the Saints are a good team and their defense is good, but Drew Brees, I mean, he, he completed like 40% of his passes. Yeah, they won by three points. So I don't know. I, I have worries about them. Despite have, their record. I mean, you have the Chiefs, you have the Steelers, you have the Bills. All those teams are they have amazing records. Yeah, Bills are a fun team to watch. And then the Colts and uh, and Titans are both tied. 
10 and four records. Um, and then you have the Browns who are 10 and four, like you just said, the Browns are 10 and four. And, and then you have the Ravens and dolphins at nine and five. One of those teams is going to be out. Yep. It's, yeah. Uh, the, the team that worries me as far as the chiefs, the two teams, I guess they'd be a tough time against are the Colts and the Steelers. Just because the Steelers and the Colts both have good defenses. Philip Rivers knows how to play against the Chiefs. So those would be the ones that I'd be worried about upsetting them in the playoffs. Right. It'll, it'll, be a fun, it'll be a fun one to watch. AFC will be real fun to watch in the playoffs. I agree. I agree. Uh, and then moving on to the NFC, I mean, the Bears are very much alive. Yeah, but the two things that are going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. Number one, Arizona has to lose a game. And Arizona's pretty good. And they play the 49ers next week, and the 49ers aren't, aren't good this year. They're, uh, they've had a lot of injuries and everything. So I, I think they definitely win that game. The next game is against the Rams. And I don't think the Rams are really good this year, but the Rams, what, what, what might help the bears is if the Rams lose this week and then they have to win against the Cardinals, then maybe the bears sneak in, but the bears have to beat the Packers. But if the bears are going to beat the Packers, it'd be nice if the Packers had everything clinched by then. And they said, Aaron Rodgers, sit out this game. Right. Because I don't see us beating the Packers if Rodgers plays. Um, well, you might be. Uh... And, and no games are given for the Bears this year. They still have to beat Jackson. I know Jacksonville's awful, but you never know. I, I it's been a crazy year. The Rams are uh, going to – the Rams get the Seahawks, which uh, they, may, uh, they may very well lose that game. Yeah, so I'll be rooting for the Seahawks because then the Rams have to win. Um, Fortunately, the Rams have the tiebreaker against the Bears because they they beat the Bears. So it's got to be Arizona losing. The Rams, uh, um, the Rams were playing really well. This Jets uh, loss really just threw them into a real tailspin. Didn't they? But uh, but I think the Bears have ironed out a lot of their offensive issues. I really do. Well, the last three games, the offensive line's been good. That's been the big difference. They moved guys around. They got this guy Mustafer playing center. Uh, Cody Whitehair moved the guard, and all of a sudden, you could, instead of David Montgomery getting tackled in the backfield, he gets holes now. He had a great game yesterday. Great game. And they gave him the ball 32 times. I kept looking at that stat. I was like, wow. And I watched the game, but I'm like, they actually committed to the run, and it worked. Well, I, they almost blew it because Mitch threw an awful interception. Yeah, that I don't was – I know what he was thinking. He was throwing to a guy who I don't think had caught a pass all year. He said he was throwing at the Robinson, but it didn't look like he was throwing at the Robinson. If he was throwing at the Robinson, it was even a worse pass than I thought. 
That was really his only bad pass of the day, I thought. I mean, no, he, he, that's what was, that game was making me crazy because he did, he did play pretty well. Defense, it was like Mitch played really well until the end and then he screwed up. And the defense was awful until the end and then they tightened up. Yeah, they really bailed out Trubisky. That was that, that interception couldn't have come at a worse time. I was like, oh, Mitch. Yeah, I, I was. You were doing I so thought we're, I thought we were going to lose then because our defense was playing so bad. But And I wrote this on Facebook. Minnesota got the ball and they were all casual. I'm like, there's not that much time left. And then they didn't even get a first down. It's like, do the hurry up. It's, it's, if you do the hurry up, you almost always get a first down right away. They didn't get one first down. They fourth and one, and they they uh, Cook got tackled. Didn't even get a yard. It was it was weird. Like they like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> I don't think the Vikings uh, coach is that good. I don't think so. I mean, I think he's. Uh, they they're a team that underachieves a lot too. The Vikings. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll. Um, they're gonna need a lot of help, though. The Bears. They uh, they will. Well, they'll. Uh, I think that they can. I think they'll beat the Jaguars no problem. And uh, then we're just gonna have to see about Green Bay and hope that uh, they they get the Green Bay JV team. I think yeah. I think the Saints play somebody good this week, and I think the Packers play somebody they can beat easily. And I think. The Packers might only just have to win. It doesn't even matter if the Saints lose, and they'll have the one seed. So that would be nice. If the, I don't even know. Who, I think, well, the Packers' backup is probably – did they pick a guy in the first round? That's who their backup is. So who knows? They're not going to do anything if the defense doesn't play better. Yeah, yeah. But – Let's move to the NBA. Anything going on with Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, I tell you what, I really like their draft pick, uh, Isaac uh, Okoro. Um, he's uh, where's he from? Uh, Auburn. He's from Auburn. Yeah. And, uh, I uh, I like what I see just from watching the preseason highlights. Um, I think they've got a, uh, I don't know about it scoring wise, but defensively he's, uh, he's real strong. So that will do a lot to stabilize. I mean, last year <laughs> their defense was arguably probably the worst, not only in league history, but maybe in like the history of the NBA. I mean, they just, oh, they would, uh, opponents would get uh, Colin Sexton and Kevin Love in a pick and roll situation. And yeah, just forget it. Two points. Yeah. Or, three, or three. Sexton was really bad. Oh. I remember the Bulls were roasting him one game. Oh, Sexton just cannot play defense. It's yeah. Well, he's young, though. He might get better. I love him. I think that he is a gamer and he competes. I mean, he plays so hard. There's no problem whatsoever with his effort. It's just, yeah. So Greg Cott would coach him. I think, I believe that uh, Greg Cott, first of all, uh, put, put in, uh, after uh, Sexton correctly identified the OJs as one of the more influential uh, <laughs> musical acts of the 70s, uh, Cott really went to work on 
his footwork, uh, Sexton's footwork and, and fundamentals. So I think you're going to see a different defense thanks to Coach Cott. <laughs> What's your prediction for the Cavs this year? I don't think they're going to be good enough to make uh, the playoffs. Um, but I think they will win between 25 and 30 games. I think it's only 72 games. Yeah. So I, I, I really do look for them to improve on their win total. I don't, I don't think they're going to be a horrible, horrible team the way they were uh, last year. And uh, especially everyone's saying that uh, Darius Garland, their uh, guard is also much improved. He didn't do anything last year. And um, so if he's improved and Porter's improved and this Okoro guy is a real deal on defense, I think that they will improve their, their record. Uh, and then as far as the uh, Chicago Bulls go, the early returns are very positive. Well, we're celebrating because Boylan is gone. Yes. And I, I like Billy Donovan. Me too. And I don't think the Bulls' problem has been lack of talent. Because it'll be interesting to see, okay, can Billy Donovan uh, get more touches for Wendell Carter? Because Wendell Carter is a talented guy. And Boylan basically ignored him. Can he figure out what to do with Marketing and Levine, where they can work well together on the court? And Kobe White, too. Because somebody said, I don't know who said this to me, but maybe I read it that Kobe White and Zach Levine are almost the same player to some extent. They're both just kind of guys who want to score and want the ball in their hands all the time. I'd be fine with them trading Levine. To me, the two, the two things you do with Levine is you either trade him or you make him the sixth man because he's a guy who thinks he's a superstar. And I don't think he is. I think he's a, he's a, he's a good player, but he's not what he thinks he is. And I think that kind of affects the team because if you have a guy who thinks he's a superstar, that that's not real good for your team's chemistry. Agreed. And, uh, you know, the, the, the rookie, they're saying good things about the guy we drafted Williams. Yeah. And I like, I like some of the guys on our bench too. So the problem is I've, I don't think they've had enough time yet to work on things. So they might get off to a slow start. And I'm uh, hoping Billy Donovan by, you know, 20 games in starts to go, okay, this is what I need to do to maximize the talent that's on this team. So I'm looking forward to watching them. I think Donovan is an outstanding coach. I think that was a real steal for the Bulls. Yeah, I think, he'll get, I think he'll get them to the playoffs. I agree with you. He'll he'll be able to push the right buttons. I think he'll be able to max get Markinen back to, you know, fulfilling his promise. And I think he'll get a lot out of these underachieving guys. And he'll figure out what to do with the with Mister Zach, your favorite player. And uh, I don't hate him. I just it's it's just like what I said. I don't think he's a bad guy or anything. He's not good on defense. He's not much for passing. But I don't I don't dislike him. He plays hard. I think I think they have a shot at like a seven or eight seed. 
Kyle Porter's good too if he's healthy. He yep. was really good when he first got on the Bulls. Yep. And uh, I don't think the East is one to eight strong. Right. I think the seven and eight seeds is going to be a battle over a few teams. And I think I think the Bulls could definitely get there. Who do you see coming out of the East this year? I'm not sure. I mean, the Bucks. you felt like last year was when it should have happened for them, and it didn't. So that, that puts a psychological hurdle on you. I think talent-wise, they probably, you would think, especially because I think some of the other teams got weaker. And uh, I don't think the Heat are going to come out of there like they did in the summer. That was just one of those things where everything just lined up the right way for them and their, their guys all got hot and, but the bucks are more talented than the heat for sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. Um, I feel like the big extent contract extension that uh, Giannis signed might, you know, make the bucks play a little more free and easy because he's not, he ain't going anywhere. Yeah, that's, that's true. That was kind of a surprise. A lot of people thought he was going to be a free agent. Yeah. That was good news for Bucks fans. That's, that's a good point though. That, that, uh, that might give them some confidence. They're like, okay, we got, we got this guy for five years. So let's, let's get this together and win a championship. I, what, about the West? what about the West though? Well, that's a lot. There's a lot of good teams. Uh, yeah. You know, I and the Lakers are the easy pick. Um, I just feel like they're so fragile. You know, LeBron, they're still relying on a 35, 36 year old guy and who's a Superman and uh, just doesn't seem to, uh, um, you know, be injured and be able to and still is able to play at a top level. Um, but he goes down and uh, I don't think the Lakers can recover from that. They got better. I think Anthony Davis is probably going to get hurt this year. He always gets hurt. And I don't think LeBron can win it without Anthony Davis. Right. So that would open the door for uh, maybe the Clippers or – I don't know about the Clippers, though, because the Clippers – Paul George, he played so bad in the playoffs this year. He was yeah. – I mean, he was a guy they were counting on, and he did not show up for the playoffs. The, the Nuggets were a fun team to watch, and I feel like they need one more guy, though. Yeah, it's 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 hard to know if – who was that guy that came off the bench? Uh, Michael uh, – is it Michael Porter for the Nuggets? Yeah. Yep. I mean, they think that guy could be the next big time. And he showed flashes um, because he was hurt. And so they really just haven't seen, you know, what people are saying, the true Michael Porter. Well, he's not, he's not good on defense. He's another young guy who has to work on his defense. Yeah, they all do. But Murray was amazing. Oh. What a fun playoffs those were. Uh, and he was so many big shots. And Donovan Mitchell with Utah. Yep. And I loved it. I just, I hope, I hope this season's, as entertaining as the summer stuff was. I'm going to pick a Clippers-Bucks NBA Finals. 
I'm not sold on the Clippers. I'll go. I'll go. Eh, I don't even know if I want to pick the Nuggets though. Who do we got? Who else are the big teams in the West? So besides Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers. Well, then you've got uh, Utah. I'm gonna go crazy. Let's go Utah. I'm gonna go Utah Bucks. You are. There's also Golden State. Don't uh, don't rule out a healthy. Although Thompson might. Thompson's not. out. So somebody picked them to come in fifth. I don't know if they're gonna be that high. I mean, Curry's a great player, and they still have Draymond Green. But I don't, I don't know. I don't. They're gonna have it. Everybody's kind of dismissing Phoenix, and Phoenix was great at the end of the year last year. Yeah, they really came on strong. I don't think they're good. You what? They may make the playoffs, but I don't know much more beyond that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, but that's what I'm saying. I, I read one of the things I read didn't have them in the playoffs, and I think I think Phoenix will make the playoffs. Right. You know, I think a team like the Rockets might fall out. Yeah. You know, there's one team we have not mentioned who is going to figure prominently in all this. I forgot all about them. The Brooklyn Nets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll. <laughs> Do you think Kyrie and Durant are going to get along? You know, I Kyrie has already enraged LeBron uh, by saying, you know, finally, I have a teammate. <laughs> Make big shots at the end of the game. Finally. LeBron is like, you are a jagoff. <laughs> I think Kyrie just wakes up every morning and has a little glass of insanity juice. I love Kyrie. Then calls the press in. <laughs> you know, he's watching J.R. Smith and he's like, J.R., I'm going to beat J.R. Smith in the crazy department. <laughs> yeah, it's another, I mean, that's why I love basketball. There's so much going on. It's going to be a real fun season. He's going to burn sage before every game. <laughs> he is. I mean, I, I, I read that. It's a, it's, a Native, it's a Native American ritual, and it's going to set the energy and the spirits right in the ancestral land on which he is about to step, uh, which will help him put the ball in the basket better. Um, Hopefully it makes the earth round, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be fun. I can't. I can't. I can't wait though. There's so much good sports. One yeah. of the few, few. Uh, one of the few good things about this year. There's been a lot of good sports. Yeah, they've really done. The, I mean, I was impressed with the way the NBA handled the, uh, the, um, the, the, the pandemic, and um, you know, I mean, I think they kept the lid on it as well as they possibly could have. And, yeah, and the NFL's done a lot better than I thought. I thought the NFL would have a harder time, but they've only had a couple blips. Yeah, me too. Much better so, than the college, uh, the way the college handled it, which was terribly, I thought. Yeah, college, is, there's been some problems. But that's guys 18 to 22. Yep. Hard to go, stay in. <laughs> Don't do anything. Even though you are on college, you're on college <laughs> campus, <laughs> there are parties going on all the time. No. <laughs> well, uh, funny. Um, all right. Do I talk uh, your cereal bracket really quickly? What a just, you know what? I, I thought it was, I thought it was remarkably controversy free. 
yeah, people kind of were yelling about it at the beginning. Yeah. But did you were you surprised by the winner or did you think that was going to win? You know, it's so funny. I didn't really have a clear picture of who would win. I thought it would be one of the Cheerios uh, cereals, to be honest, but I don't know why I thought that. Um, too bland. They're too bland. I think it was done in by, um, you know, by their boring uh, uh, flavor. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm good with, uh, I'm good with the winner. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was Frosted Flakes was a one seed, so I wasn't surprised it won. And it was, I think the funny thing was the balance between cereals you like when you're a kid, like the super sugary ones. <laughs> And what you might eat now. <laughs> it's like, hmm, Raisin Bran or Cocoa Krispies. But now I want a bowl of Cocoa Krispies. And I probably haven't had one in a long time. I might go buy some Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> some good chocolate milk left over after you eat the cereal. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. That was um i uh by the way uh before we get into um before we get into uh uh, uh the um the, the holiday uh uh section of the podcast uh i just want to say i saw a there's a documentary out on the bgs see this it's great i want to it's a, it's hbo though right i don't have hbo yeah um I don't know when it when you when you are able to don't miss it. Very when they have a, when they have a free HBO week, I'll watch it. I'll watch, definitely want to watch that. Very well done. I'll um, have a Brothers Gib bracket at some point. Yeah, that'd be good. It's already mapped out. We'll just I just have to decide when. Have to find it in your wallet. <laughs> You'll be able to find it. It's filed under B. You file it under G. <laughs> Andy Gibb had some big hits. Who did? Yeah, there's yeah, it'll be that would there's a lot to pick from in that bracket. He's uh he's a prominent part of the of the documentary. Sad, it's sad. Um, just all of it. And uh, well, we'll have to revisit it when I do that bracket. Yeah, we could talk about it. That should be good. All right, let's move on to the main portion of the podcast, and that is of course the holiday spirit. The holidays are upon us. And that means songs, movies, TV, and traditions that are kept hidden for 10 months out of the year and then shoved down our throat for two months of the year. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's, I didn't it's, realize I was doing a podcast with Scrooge. <laughs> shoved down our throat. Ah, humbug. Happy holidays from Beeve. Whatever. And Izzo's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> still angry about that yeah i'll get over you should it. be you should be um yeah now uh are your kids still really into uh, santa and the holidays and really yes derby's nearby so oh yeah that's the one yeah, they're into it. They're excited, which is good because it's not going to be a normal one. Right. So it'll be. They'll, uh, 
we went out shopping today oh, to the dollar you. store. Uh-huh. Darby bought us all gifts from the dollar store. <laughs> I, had to, <laughs> I had to close my eyes while she was buying a dollar store gift for me with my own money. <laughs> so that was nice. Henry bought a gift for uh, two gifts for Darby and one for himself. Nice. Nice. Here's a question. Do, do, does Rufus get a stocking? Yeah, yeah both cats have one. Oh, they both? That's right. What's your other cat's name? Mrs. Dots. Miss. <laughs> That's the we actually, we went to PetSmart today and we, we uh, overdid it. Yeah. And they, they, they're spoiled. Because you have two cats, right? Yeah, Milo and Boots. Do they have stockings? They have stockings, yep. Do they open them or do you just give them the stuff? I would just dump it on their face when they're lying down. To... <laughs> yeah, I remember when I grew up with dogs all the time and our dogs, we'd wrap their presents and they would rip them apart and open them themselves. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. Cats are blase. They really you, remember, <laughs> you remember Rich Hall? Yes. He had a joke about cats. Was, cats always seem like they're listening to jazz. <laughs> <laughs> that joke made me laugh. I laughed for like 10 minutes the first time I heard that. They really do. They're just so, they're such cool cats. <laughs> yep. So yeah, they got a, we got a bunch of stuff for the cats and they'll probably ignore it for a while and then eventually start playing with it well we got um yeah i think we went to pet smart and probably gotten more you know cat dancing toys than they probably need but half their toys are underneath the couch somewhere the other half or one one thing that's different though nowadays than when we we're kids is elf on the shelf i could talk about it now because they went back downstairs. Yeah. Because uh, Laura comes up with a different place to put it every day. And after doing it for like a month, you're like, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Got to come up with something cool each night. It He's is- been outside a few times. He's been on a zip line. He's been uh, in the fireplace. <laughs> But I think I think Henry's getting over it, but Darby's super, still super excited about it. Yeah, yeah, that's really great. You know, you really got to like watch yourself. I mean, uh, my teens are pretty much over. Uh, I mean, they, they are and they aren't. Um, you know, they really they still, you know, uh, like uh, you know the tree part of it. You know, getting the tree out and putting that up and. They get into that, and uh, there's an, we have an advent calendar, and they they both still like to do that. Um, and uh, and Jesse really, you know, is very into deck or putting the presents around the tree, arranging them just so. Uh, ah. Method to her uh, arrangement, and uh, it's uh, I'll put presents under the tree, and she'll just be like you. <laughs> 
have no idea what you are even doing <laughs> when it comes to uh, a present arrangement. Yeah. You are just an amateur. <laughs> uh, well, so, Darby already wrapped ours. Ours are already under the tree. What's that? Darby already wrapped them. She wrapped yeah. them when uh, she got home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with Jesse. Wraps those presents under the tree. Yeah, I'm curious what I got. Declan is still not shopped for his sister. I kicked him out of the house this afternoon. I was like, <laughs> until you have a present for your sister. Could buy him some more Vogue magazines. Buy her some. See if she can get some Harry Styles magazines. Oh my God. Uh, Jesse ordered a something from HarryStyles.com back in July. And it hasn't come because of the uh, you know, just uh, the pandemic and the, you know, delivery problems. It arrived today, today. Hmm. So Christmas came early and uh, she's already uh, said that this is, the. Uh, she's already declared it the best Christmas ever. So <laughs> let's return those gifts. Pressure's off. Pressure's off you then. Return those gifts and get the money back. <laughs> I, uh, um, I have a, my brother, sent me a very uh, funny uh, story about the holidays that was published in Live Science, which is a, you know, science for, um, you know, young people. And uh, the headline reads, eight ways that magic hallucinogenic mushrooms explain the Santa story. (laughs) And it goes on (laughs) to discuss- your alley. It just, it, it basically, uh, it's a, Santa is a, a modern counterpart of a shaman who uh, consumes mind-altering plants and fungi to make reindeer fly <laughs> and put brightly colored presents under a pine tree. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh one more, one more way that acid really should be a part of every person. <laughs> of course, not all scientists agree that the Santa story is tied to an hallucinogen. <laughs> this, uh, this, uh, the, the connection between uh, acid intake and Christmas can be found in the book Trippy Tales. History of magic mushrooms and other hallucinogens. That's your Christmas present. (laughs) I eagerly await it. (laughs) Uh, um, What are some of, uh, what were some of your favorite uh, television shows for the holidays? Well, I think when we grow up, the big things were Charlie Brown Christmas. And me and you both are big Charles M. Scholes and Peanuts fans. So I'm assuming you love that special too. Very much so. I've watched that a million times. Yeah. It doesn't get old. Oh, it's great. And today I was kind of looking at um, some of the stuff. The I don't even know what you call it. Almost claymation-like ones the Santa Claus to come to town, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, 
Year Without a Santa Claus. And I thought Year Without a Santa Claus was older than it was. It came out in 74. I thought it was from like the 60s or the 50s. But maybe just because I watched it a million times, it seems older than it is. Right. Because Year Without a Santa Claus is the one with Heat Miser and Cold Miser. I think that's the most quoted out of those. I mean, those types of ones. You know which ones I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the yeah the year without a yeah. Um, I never, for whatever reason, that one never. You know, as a kid, I just was like, "Oh, that's too depressing." Year without a Santa Claus. I want my presents. <laughs> well, what were your, some of your favorites, TV wise? Then, you know, I really like the claymation ones. Um, you know, I uh, the ones that weren't depressing, like here without. Santa. Yeah, I mean, I, I really liked Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Um, and uh, I also really liked um, Rudolph. Those are probably my two favorites. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, and then Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, you know, I. Uh, Even though Charlie Brown's sad, though, Charlie Brown's sad for a while. You know, it is, I don't know. I mean, that's just part of the Charlie Brown kind of, uh, you know, that's just, that's part of the whole, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's Charlie Brown. That's he's, uh, it's always. The peanuts melancholy. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and so, uh, (laughs) but I mean, there's great lines and, uh, and, and they put in all the classic, they put in all the classic uh, peanut comic strip, you know, just to fill up, you know, where, you know, Charlie Brown goes to uh, Lucy, the psychiatrist, you know, with her little. <laughs> He's like, are you afraid of cats? If you're afraid of cats, you have allurophasia. What about maybe your staircases? <laughs> and she like. Yeah, lists all the phobias. Yeah. And then she goes, uh, Maybe you have a pantophobia, and she goes, "That's the fear of everything." And Charlie Brown's, "That's it." And she goes, flying. <laughs> goes flying. The classic, go flying when somebody yells at you. Uh, always hilarious. <laughs> Did you ever go see the live action Charlie Brown at the Annoyance? They used to do that every year. No, I never did see that. Was that good? Oh, it was so funny because <laughs> wow. they they would walk like the Charlie Brown characters. You know, they'd have those kind of motions and they'd have the, the dance scene and everything. And uh, one of the years I went, kind of, I went a couple times. One year I went, <laughs> one of the last scenes, Violet's like, it was either Violet or, or Lucy was drinking and <laughs> talking, talking like she's Jewish. It was just, it was just really funny. I never did. Uh... You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, we probably, um, I know that we, uh, you know, you get caught up in like the factory versus the annoyance. Uh, oh, that was, a, that was a rivalry? I didn't know that. Competition, I think in the beginning. And uh, so, you know, we probably, you know, cheated ourselves out of seeing a lot of really, you know, shows that we probably would have A, enjoyed and B, probably could have learned something from. Um, I definitely regret uh, um, you know, not uh, not seeing that. Um, At least you guys didn't come to blows. Yeah. Uh, we almost did. On the that happened on the softball field, and uh, didn't you hear that story? 
No, I don't think I did. That's for another podcast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the factory versus annoyance softball playoff game. Ho ho. <laughs> that was that was one of Oaken. That is one of my favorite, very favorite Scott Oaken memories like of, of, of my life. <laughs> but uh, the story is too long. I'll tell it uh, another time. Um, when we do our softball podcast. You know that's coming. <laughs> I am ready. Uh, let's uh, let's talk Christmas movies. Um, what were some of your uh, favorite Christmas movies? No, I don't think I have a lot of Christmas movies. Really? Yeah. I feel like at least when I was a kid, the traditions were to watch Charlie Brown and the other shows that we talked about. Those are like appointment viewing for you when I was a kid. Right. They'd show them at a certain, you know, it was the 70s. So you had to watch it when it was on. Right. So those, those are the ones that I watched every year and, and kind of know backwards and forwards. As far as Christmas movies go, I don't think I have one that I watch all the time. Huh. What's funny is, so Christmas Story... I never saw it until last year. Really? Yeah, I'd seen parts of it because Laura loves it. And she always watches it. And I finally sat down and watched it last year. And I, went, I was like, okay, this is why everybody loves it. Because I'd only seen parts of it. Yeah. But I watched it as a whole. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's a really good movie. Yeah, really is. Um, uh, now, that's a, that's a classic. And... Uh, Darren McGavin is just fantastic in that movie. It's, it's, yeah, it's really funny. Very, very funny. Yeah, and it, it's the whole the whole way through, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, that's a movie I try not to miss uh, just because it's it's well done. And then, of course, for all the Cleveland uh, sites. And, um, oh, that's right. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you when know. did that come out? What year did that movie come out? Uh, it was during the eighties because I, uh, I remember, uh, 1983 because I remember them talking about it, uh, you know, filming it downtown and all over and, um, when it was happening and, um, and, uh, so, uh, I mean, I don't know that it's any, but I mean, the, the home itself is, uh, which is in uh, the Tremont neighborhood in, in, of Cleveland uh, is uh, kind of a semi-tourist attraction. You can go and look at it. And if they've got the, the, the leg with the garter slip on the lamp in the window, that's funny. Um, Scott Farkas statue. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what about, well, what were some of the ones, what are some of yours? I always like the uh, the George C. Scott uh, uh, as Scrooge version of the uh, Christmas Carol. Uh, you know, George C. Scott. Sometimes I think he overdoes it a little bit, but uh, in general, I uh, really like. I've always liked watching George C. Scott. I think his his, his Scrooge <laughs> is definitely my favorite. Um, and then I, of course, Elf. I just really. I, yeah, I like Elf. I like Elf. I've only seen it a couple times, but I like it. I didn't think that I would uh, like uh, Elf uh, as much as I have, but 
Um, every time I watch, I'm like, this is great. Um, and then, uh, and then lately, uh, and this is actually because of, uh, of Jesse, interestingly, um, White Christmas. Isn't that hilarious? Really? I, never, I never watched it once. Me neither. I've never seen it. As a kid. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's your typical, uh, you know, movie of the time. Um, Rosemary Clooney. Uh, and you could, you, could, you could totally see the family resemblance uh, in Rosemary Clooney. Uh, and, uh, and Bing Crosby is, uh, he's a cool dude. Um, it's, uh, it's not as, I thought it would be like hokey and bad. No, it's not. I, I didn't find it hokey. Yeah. Another movie that I wonder what you think of uh, is Scrooged with Bill. I've never Murray. seen it. Really? Yeah, I should have, and I never have, because I love Bill Murray, but I have, that's the one I've never seen. What do you think of that? I like it. I, it's definitely worth seeing. Especially now is the time of year. It's probably easy to find, you know, wherever. Yeah, maybe I'll put that on this week. I'd be interested in your review. I enjoy it. I think he's great. Yeah. And what about It's a Wonderful Life? You know, I think I've probably seen that movie like 8 billion times. <laughs> but it's interesting because it's a Frank Capra movie and I like Frank Capra movies and there's always so much more going on um you know interesting uh you know commentary social commentary and political commentary even and that movie's just full of it um yeah i like it i've and, only seen it a couple times but i like it so i think that you know the it kind of gets uh, lost in the whole you know you have to see it because it's christmas um, but, yeah and it's it's one of those movies that everybody's seen right so if you're watching a comedy show or it just gets referenced all the time so you almost feel like you have to watch it at least once right um we also we this wouldn't be a, a discussion of christmas movies if we didn't uh discuss the millennial discussion that never gets old uh die hard as a Christmas movie, it is amazing. People really get into this discussion. And they're like, yeah, Die Hard, that's a Christmas movie. I'm like, oh my God, how? I don't understand it. It's obviously not a Christmas movie. <laughs> it is, the, stop it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big Die Hard fan. So I've stayed out of that one. Die Hard, Die Hard's like a religion to people, though. They go crazy for that movie. They really do. And I remember I got yelled at because I went. <laughs> Who yelled at you? Who? I went and saw it with with Brian. Oh. And his uh, girlfriend would be his wife at the time, and I thought the ending was so hokey, with like the cop at the end, and I'm like, this ending is terrible. And she yelled at me because <laughs> she liked the movie so much. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm in the minority about Die Hard. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's, I mean, I bet if we did, what you did the 80s, right? The uh, 80s movies bracket, didn't you? 
Yeah, it did. And well, Die Hard was 80s, right? Oh, yeah. How far did it go in yours? Do you remember? I remember that. Um, I remember that uh, it did. It went far. I might have gone elite eight. I don't know that it made it to the final four. Yeah. Well, the 80s were, there's just tons of stuff. And it, it's also nostalgia for. Yeah. For people yeah. our age. So very much so. Very much so. Um, but uh, I, I just think it's so funny that uh, it's, it's, it's built this life of its own. Um, yeah, it's every year you see the debate about it. I, I, I don't understand it, but I'm also an old man. <laughs> the, the only one I think with, uh, well, this was with Henry Moore when he was younger, that he liked to watch Christmas-wise was uh, Polar Express, which some people get freaked out about because they think the animation's kind of scary. Yeah. But I like it. I think Polar Express is a good movie. I tell you what, um, that uh, when, does did the kids like the book at all? The Chris Van Allsburg uh, book? I think, um, yeah, I think we read that a few times and we have the train under our tree. Yeah. So I, that come, that's, that's like a tradition. We bring that out every year for Christmas. I feel like the, uh, the, uh, our, my kids, anyway, really preferred the that book to the movie, mm. uh, for whatever reason. Probably, I don't know if it was because of the creepy animation. Yeah, I found the animation a little off-putting. I was just like, yeah, "This looks weird." Mm. It didn't bother the kids at all. Yeah, I, I mean, it was on repeat in our house for a couple of years. So, was it? <laughs> um, what's funny is I, I looked like I was trying to find best Christmas movie lists and Esquire magazine had one. It had movies like Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> a good movie, but come on. That's yes. a Christmas movie. Yes. And uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Have you ever seen that? Oh, is that set at, I never saw it. Is that set at... Uh... You, should, you should watch that. You would like that movie. Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Vale Kilmer is great in that movie. That's one of the under-the-radar ones. The only thing, I remember Michelle Monaghan's in it and she has a Santa hat on it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a Christmas movie either. Uh, uh, they had Gremlins on there. Gremlins. Gre is, Gremlins is set in Christmas though, right? It is. So that at least maybe <laughs> you could say it's a Christmas movie. Maybe. I love I love Gremlins, but it. Me too. I think Gremlins is a really good movie. I have no problem with it. Yeah, it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> and Bad Santa, that's a movie I like. I like Bad Santa. Really, and <laughs> even, I mean, it is about Santa, but yep. <laughs> not really a family classic or anything. <laughs> and they had The Night Before on there. Do you know what The Night Before is? Uh, I don't think I've seen The Night Before. The Night Before is Seth Rogen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Anthony Mackie. And it's like three friends getting together like on Christmas Eve and doing drugs and stuff. <laughs> I kind of, I, I like it. I like the movie. <laughs> like they put that on. It's just a strange, strange list. I, is a, and 
strange list. Couple, couple other ones they had. Not, not strange. I actually think these might work as Christmas movies. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. No. You don't think that's a Christmas movie? I would say no. It's at least there's snow on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> and at least there's a love story in it. You know. True. And that's another really good movie. I mean, at least most, almost all the movies they picked were good, at least. Yeah. And uh, Family Stone, which has a lot of fans in it, is uh, one of my favorites. Rachel McAdams. In it. What about The Ref, starring Dennis Leary? I've never seen that. Have you seen it? Oh, 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 what a great, great movie. Yeah. I, I really think that you would like it. I, uh, I went to see it kind of against my will because I thought it was going to be a, a movie with just Dennis Leary cracking jokes, you know, just being Dennis Leary guy. And I was like, that doesn't appeal to me. It, me, it, me neither. That's why I've never seen it. It, it, was, it was very poorly advertised. And that's not what the movie is in the slightest. And uh, it's really terrific. Well, I put it this way. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember I've seen it twice, both times in the 90s. And I liked it even more the second time I saw it. So I haven't seen it in a long time. I wonder if it would hold up, but um, you see it on lists of good Christmas movies. I don't know that I'd say it's a Christmas movie, but uh, it's worth seeing. What about um, Love Actually? That's another one that's always debated. I, I, don't, I don't care for that movie. <laughs> I liked it a lot when I saw it, but when, did, when was that? Nineties? They come out in the nineties, or I think so. Yeah, I thought it was good then, uh, but people yell about that back and forth. People, it's a love hate thing. People, just another it, insane battle. That and Die Hard. <laughs> people have very strong. Oh no, it's two thousand three. I could see love actually. I would buy Love Actually as a Christmas movie much more than I would Die Hard. No, it is a Christmas. No, I'm saying not. No one denies that Love Actually is a Christmas movie. There's people that love it, and there's people that completely hate it. Oh, they. I see. They're 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 arguing over whether it's good or not. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like how things are with everything now. Something comes out. Uh, the original consensus. <laughs> Might be that it's good, right? And then everybody has a backlash against it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's like this endlessly quick cycle now with everything being processed on the internet, right? That's how uh, Die Hard and Love Actually have gotten now. Like <laughs> every Christmas, everybody has their takes on them. I agree. Uh, here's a movie. Uh, what do you think of? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I like it. I like it. The vacation movies are all kind of the same for me. Yeah. I like them, but I don't love them. You know, what I mean, they're 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 decent. They're yeah. entertaining. I, I actually think they could be funnier. They're not as funny as they could be. I think. I think that's my issue with them. But yeah. there's usually there's usually good stuff in all the vacation movies. I think it was one of those where I went in there with very low expectations and was very pleasantly surprised. It was like, oh, this movie's this movie's great. Um, the light thing's funny. Yeah, yeah, 
That was good. And influential. Why do you think it's influential? Oh, because now everyone decorates their homes like... Uh, oh, <laughs> they're insane. Yeah. Like oh. our neighbors across the street. <laughs> At the time, it was like totally laughable. And uh, Does now, your house have a lot of stuff on it? This year? So this year, um, we have two big trees uh, in front of uh, our house. And uh, Robert Brooks, who, as you know... Uh, um, runs a landscaping service. He said, hey, uh, if you're interested, I'll uh, get some of my guys to come over and we'll get a ladder and we'll put those lights all in your trees. And that's, that's what we did. And it looks great. And uh, we, and then we have these like white trees that um, they're kind of like, they're like four or five foot uh, tall. And there's like, we have three of them. So we've set those up, plug them in, they're lit up. And the, the whole block has them. So as you walk down each, um, and that's it. That's all we have. So, and, uh, but it looks, um, you know, it looks pretty good. I just have a hologram in front of my house of me with a Santa hat on. One tear going down my cheek saying, remember, this is the season of giving. Because I want people to know what this is really about. Powerful. People come for miles to see this hologram. I came around too. <laughs> Secretly. I sneaked in the back with my jazz albums. I was hoping. Yeah, those, thank you for those. The house is really warm right now. Yeah, I was gonna, uh, it was jazz on the shelf. <laughs> now you've done fire. Most horrifying Christmas tradition. <laughs> jazz on the shelf. <laughs> now you've done fire on the shelf. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> Any other movies or I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, we really did. You know, uh, so Declan, you know, now that he's 18, he's really getting into, you know, he's, he's Johnny movies. Um, he found a Christmas movie that's very good. Um, it's, uh, well, it's a, it's a cartoon uh, called Klaus, K-L-A-U-S. Uh, very good. Uh, Jason Schwartzman's in it. Uh, J.K. Simmons and uh, Rashida Jones um, are. Uh, you, you said it's animated. Yeah, it's animated. Oh, okay. Klaus K L A U S. It came out uh, last year. Very, very good. Right, well, let's get to songs. Do you have a favorite? For songs? Yep. Uh, so my, I, I, I kind of go for uh, albums. I mean, my favorite Christmas albums are. Oh, really? Albums. Well, I like to put on. Uh, oh, that's good. That's good. I like to put on like an album and just kind of forget about it. If I had to pick a songs, here's what I would pick. I would pick, uh, uh, I would pick the Kinks' Father Christmas. That's a great song. I love that song. I was cranking it at work the other day. <laughs> um, I would pick Elvis Blue Christmas. Uh, I would pick uh, Slade Merry Christmas, everybody. That song's Slade, a Slade rules. I love Slade. That song's a jam. Uh, you know who's got a great Christmas album is Cheap Trick. Uh, really? They have a Christmas album. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
all jams. Yeah. Uh, just they just, they just turning up the guitars as loud as they can, just going crazy. Uh, and uh, it's awesome. Um, it's, what are some other Christmas albums you put on? Well, the Charlie Brown Christmas, the of course, Vince Garaldi. That's fantastic. See, jazz. See, you do like jazz. That's not jazz. That's absolutely jazz. No, no, no. Charlie Brown factor cancels it out. I, uh, look, you cannot deny. Charlie Brown loophole. Oh. I'm using it. I'm I'll using it. it. Denied. <laughs> loophole denied. <laughs> Overruled. I'm taking this to the people. That's that's probably the one album that just instantly puts you in the mood, the Christmas mood, I think. It's uh it's a classic. I love to put that on and uh and that's why I say like albums like you something that you could just put on and let it go and and then do your thing like putting up a tree or right, right, right. baking cookies. So I like that. I like the Phil Spector Christmas album. That's my favorite. I mean, that and Peanuts are my favorite. The Phil Spector one, but I think I might have said this in a Facebook post once. Turn it off right away after the last song before Phil Spector starts talking. Because <laughs> it's great. It's great. The, the Darlene Love song is one of the best Christmas songs. The Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. Awesome. And Letterman used to have her on every year to sing it. Yep. That is, that's one of my favorite songs. And yeah. actually the whole album, that, like, like what you said, that's one I'll just put on. Yeah, those are, those are my favorites. The kind that you can just uh, let go and, and you don't um, have to. And it's rare because sometimes you'll put on, I don't know if your, your parents were into Christmas music, but mine would put on, you know, um, you know, th there was this guy, his name was John Gary. And uh, he was like a kind of a Perry Como type. And uh, my mom would throw on this John Gary Christmas album. Oh my God. <laughs> no, my, par my parents weren't. Uh, my parents kind of left the music to us. Their spirit was broken by then because <laughs> four kids, I was the youngest. So they're like, all right, just, just yeah. leave us alone, children. Do whatever you want. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah, did I uh, leave out any uh, songs? Uh, yeah, well, I think I think my favorite song is "Do They Know It's Christmas." That's a great. That, speaking of great Christmas albums, that's a great one. The uh, I'm a sucker for that stuff, though. I'm one of the few people that like the big celebrity get-together songs. Mm -hmm. I even like We Are the World, and a lot of people hate that song. I remember <laughs> Laura just went, whoa. <laughs> I remember I posted something about We Are the World. It came up on my Facebook memories, and I was saying it was funny because they had Dan or Aykroyd there, and Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte was a guy, who, you know, he's a singer, and they didn't even let him sing in it. <laughs> it was just odd, some of the things they did with that. Yeah. But do they know it's Christmas? It just it, It's just fun hearing these great voices belted out. You know, like Bono and U2, Paul Young, all those guys. That, that whole song is great. Bananarama. <laughs> <laughs> no Christmas album is complete. 
Yeah, I don't get tired of that one. Uh, but Bananarama. And then there's the classics that have been around forever. I almost like the old time original versions of songs like like White Christmas, Let It Snow, yep. Park and Herald. Well, of course, Peanuts is the classic. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That was something we used to always do when we were younger. And we'd be out on Christmas Eve. Everybody would just put their faces up in there and go do, 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 do. <laughs> And Silent Night, Oh Holy Night, Joy to the World, Deck the Halls. I'll Be Home for Christmas. Yep. And there's a few other albums I'll listen to, like uh, some of the ones you said. And James Taylor is a good one. Buble, Michael Buble has an one I like a lot, Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby's, I think Bing Crosby's is called White Christmas. There's a lot of, a lot of good stuff on there. And uh, there's one other one I can't think of off the top of my head right now. But yeah, I, I feel like Christmas Eve and Christmas, you should have Christmas music on. I agree. I agree. Um, and there's so many to... Uh... Uh, to choose from um, but I, I i love that uh, the the very special christmas with um it, i mean it's got uh i mean it's got that uh bruce springsteen doing merry christmas baby and um yeah i think i have that one somewhere too i really like that one mm-hmm. um yeah there's a there's a now hits one that has a lot of the ones we talked about too the more contemporary ones right like springsteen's santa claus coming to town and uh i think john lennon's song is in there but john lennon's song is you've heard it so many times now it's kind of lost its impact a little bit i agree i agree alanis morissette did a cover of it on a talk show the other day oh really yep and mccartney his song gets ripped on every year too I'm like i hate it relax you don't like that song no, i don't like it I, it's it's it doesn't bother me <laughs> it's like, i think it would bother me less if it wasn't so, i mean it's it just it, they they it, it has a life of its own you just hear it all the time yeah um but i don't get offended when i hear it the only one i don't like hearing is grandma got run over by a reindeer oh, i hate that song. i got sick of that 20 years ago and they still play it all the time probably 30 years ago actually you know um so uh uh my uh my mom also had a john denver christmas album mm-hmm. uh, not uh the one with the muppets uh which um for whatever reason that uh she did not get that um but a lot of people love that john denver muppets album. a gajillion copies yeah. Um, no, uh, this one was uh, Rocky Mountain Christmas, um, which has some lovely songs on there. Um, but they also have a song on there called Please, Daddy, Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's like a serious, like it's supposed to tug at the heartstrings. I'm like, oh, my God. Maybe uh, I'll put a recording of that next to my hologram. That's a good one. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a, a, that will really, 
bring the visitors to your home. Yeah. Okay, listeners. Remember, important message on my lawn if you want to stop by this Christmas season. <laughs> Please don't get drunk this Christmas. I don't want to see uh, my dad drunk underneath the Christmas tree. That's the wrong kind of present. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what better way to end a podcast, right? Yeah. You know, one more thing I will say is <laughs> Bob Dylan put out a Christmas album. Uh, I think, uh, I think about 10 or 11 years ago called Christmas in the heart. You got to hear this one. I mean, it's basically, I mean, it's basically a, a typical Christmas album and they do the same types of songs and they're arranged the same way. There's nothing weird or, um, you know, different about them. The only thing weird and different is Bob Dylan singing. That's what I was just going to say. Dylan's <laughs> doing straight up versions of Christmas. That's odd. That's odd. It really is. I mean, it's kind of awesome. Uh, <laughs> called Christmas in the Heart. He's like, Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. <laughs> it's awesome. Yep, I'll have to, I'll have to check that one out. Christmas in the heart. It's a good one. All right. Well, what's on tap for, uh, for next week? Uh, Most holidays, we are doing. We are going. Well, we're going to discuss my upcoming bracket of the Bengals and the Go Go's. My first bracket with two bands which song will win we have some Belinda Carlisle solo we have some Susanna Hawks with Matthew Sweet songs on there and we could also we should probably talk about the Go-Go's documentary did you get to see that I will see it in time for the podcast I hear it's great so that's that'll be a fun one to talk about so that'll be next week you know, I wonder what my two ex-girlfriends, Susanna Hoffs and Belinda Carlisle, are up to. I'll, uh, I will uh, tell Susanna about your sad fantasy when I talk to her later. I we have a we have a uh, not we have a confidentiality agreement not to reveal our sordid past. Uh huh. I'll have to see if I can get a jag bag exclusive. Let, let me text her right now. That's uh, that number has been disconnected. <laughs> okay. Well, hold on. Yeah. Oh, we're out of time. What? <laughs> Thanks for listening. And uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, comments, rude remarks, uh, or where to send uh, faxes, please visit us uh, on Facebook, uh, on uh, Twitter, or on Instagram. You can send us an email at jagbagspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your uh episode suggestions we are available for uh advertisements we can do everything from cbd oil to uh liquid live resin to uh, uh to beef jerky we are very versatile pitchmen um eagerly awaiting your calls yes uh so until then uh have a great holiday uh thank you for listening and when you're ready and next time, whenever you're ready, put a little jag bags in your ear.